At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network. It is Beeson's Primetime Action live from the South Point Hotel Casino. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, and Kelly Bidlin. The band is back together. How about that? Kelly's back. That's right. A good trip. Everybody back in the same studio. Everybody back in, in the same studio. Uh, we, we have a couple college bowl games tonight to uh, get to. One that has already started uh, between Texas Tech and Mississippi State. We also have a rather healthy NBA schedule tonight. We do. A new clock. The whole nine yards. I mean, you know. I was like, told the uh, other clock, quote-unquote, Gave out. Yeah, just die. Just die me a new. I don't new know clock. how that happens. We got a new clock in here. We got a whole new thing. Kelly's going to be clunky. I got to be honest. I mean, like, I, I, I'll i probably give you 48 hours to kind of get back going. Oh, thanks, man. Th- thanks for giving me that. So leader. I'm not going to completely <laughs> just rag on you all show whenever you're missing things. And I, doing I'm sure these. you did enough of that while I was gone anyway. So, wow. yeah, I can only imagine. Wow. Yeah. I mean, man. so it has started. Had Stephen Bond in that chair last night? That was Stephen. I love Stephen. Hey. Ooh, true pro on right your there. on your on your heels. He was he he was good, Kelly. So true just, pro right you there. You better you got to step it up. You got to step it up for sure. Uh, one game if you want to get on right now. Seven Eastern, four Pacific. The Bucks and the Magic. The Bucks are 15, 15 and a half point road favorites over the Magic. Two sixteen, two sixteen and a half. Your total, 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, the Sixers and the Raptors. The Sixers are five and a half to six point road favorites, 2.15 and a half. The total there, 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, the Wizards and the Heat. The Heat are eight, eight and a half point home favorites. You can find everything from 2.03 and a half all the way to 2.04 and a half. So shop around for the total on that one. 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, Lakers and the Rockets. The Lakers are five and a half to six point. Road favorites, the Rockets, um, only six-point dogs to the Lakers. you gotta got to love that. Uh, two, two, two twenty-five and a half, 226, your total there. Eight Eastern, five Pacific, Knicks and the Timberwolves. The Knicks are four-and-a-half to five-point road favorites there. 211 all the way to 212. Shop around on the total. Eight Eastern, five Pacific, the Cavs and the Pelicans. The Cavs are four-and-a-half to five-point road favorites. 209-and-a-half to 210-and-a-half the total. 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, Thunder, and the Kings. The Kings, 5.5, 6 point home favorites there, 224, 224 and a half the total. And 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, the Nuggets and the Warriors. Warriors, 7.5 point home favorites, 217 and a half to 218 the total. All right. We do have uh, Texas Tech up on Mississippi State, 7 to nothing in the uh, AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Early going of this one, 9.38 left in the first quarter. Uh, Mississippi State, a 10-point pre-flop favorite in this one. Mike Leach against his old team, and it didn't end well at Texas Tech, by the way. The uh, one, one bowl game, as you mentioned, Gil, still to come uh, later tonight. West Virginia and Minnesota. Right now, Minnesota, five-and-a-half-point favorites in that one, 44-and-a-half the total. All right, and the never-ending carousel of COVID reports uh, seemingly not only on a day-to-day basis, but a never-ending basis during days. Today, uh, the Colts, in case you missed it, the Colts placed quarterback Carson Wentz on the reserve COVID-19 list. Now, 
we have known for quite some time that Wentz is unvaccinated. Uh, so under the current protocol, under the current protocol, an unvaccinated player would be out 10 days if he tested positive, five days if he's a close contact. We don't have word on which it is. But as you may or may not know, the NFL and NFLPA are getting close to adopting the new CDC guidelines that would reduce the quarantine time to five days from 10 days for all players, including those who are unvaccinated. They did it this afternoon. So yeah, there you go. Pass, right? yeah, so just, they just did it now? this afternoon. So it is, it is. So Carson Wentz and everybody could, could play uh, in theory this week, which is why this line <laughs> sitting seven and a half news goes through down to one and a half. So I took a piece of the Colts at one and a half. Because here, here was the thing. Y'all are well aware of my Carson uh, Wentz. I, I can predict what the next sentence is going to be. Y'all are well aware yes. of my Carson Wentz. <laughs> yes. Yeah, y'all are well aware of my Car- <laughs> what I think of Carson Wentz. So I'm like, they don't win, they don't win this game of Carson Wentz anyway. Like, it's, it's Jonathan Taylor running wild, and that's what this whole thing's about anyway. Well, then this news comes through. Yank the game off the board again. It fires back up. Now it's six and a half Colts again. So it is, um, it, it's, you know, because again, this is, this is one of those deals where it looks like all of these guys are going to be able to get back because the way this thing is worded, and I don't know if you guys had a chance to r- run through all this yet or not, but so you get tested. And as long as you are at, at that point, you're not getting tested again, right? So you then go and you talk to the team doctor and you're like, I feel fine. And at the end of the five days, you can go play. So it is it is an honor system, essentially, at that point for the players to just convey their level of symptoms to the doctor. And if they are asymptomatic, how many of these guys are going to be symptomatic? <laughs> if they're asymptomatic, you can go play after the five days if you're uh, – if you're even if you're unvaccinated, if you're if you're vaccinated, you can you can you can test out even before the five days. So if for whatever reason, you know, if you want to keep getting tested and, and you end up getting the negative test, you can test out even earlier than the five days. But um, this is this is listen, we're two weeks away from the playoffs. They can't bump any more games. They're certainly not going to bump yeah. playoff games and they're certainly not going to bump the Super Bowl. This was this this was inevitable. Well, that's the thing about yeah. all of this, right? CDC or football, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever level you're talking about this on, there's no real science to cutting it from ten to five. It's all business driven. Yeah, right. It's the need for businesses to remain afloat, kind of thing. Right. And and as we did mention throughout the course of all of this, I mean, it's certainly early in the certainly early in the flow of all this, but it does seem like this new variant is is not affecting younger, healthier people near, near, near as much as, you know, the, these previous ones. And so um, these guys, if they're asymptomatic, I, I can understand why they can get out there and play. Bucks coach Bruce Arians, he tested positive for COVID-19. He's isolating at his home. Uh, the Packers put uh, Mercedes Lewis and inside linebacker Oren Burks on the reserve COVID-19 list. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars have gotten around to the business of interviewing head coaches, or at least requesting interviews with head coaches. And Matt, they seemingly have requested the entire league to yes. talk to. Uh, where do you begin? Bucks defensive coordinator Todd Bowles, ex NFL coach Jim Caldwell, Colts defensive coordinator uh, Matt Eberflus, Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. Bucks OC Byron Leftwich, Cowboys OC Kellen Moore, ex-Eagles coach Doug Peterson, Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, and that's just the latest. Yeah, 
I mean, listen, look, there's some names on this list where a lot of people have wondered why these guys hadn't got their chance. Yep. You know, along the, so so I think that there's at least these guys starting to get interviews and getting their chance to to kind of get their name out there a little bit more, try to impress some of these coaching staffs, I think is is really good for sure. But you also have to wonder, I mean, in the case of like a Kellen Moore or a Byron Leftwich and and all, I mean, like these teams are, you know, at this point really, really in the mix for for this. And so it's kind of like, how much does that weigh on you? Do you want to do you want to stay? Do you want to see this through? Do you want to see this out? Like, I, I, the one thing I don't really know is, can, we, can they agree now and just say, like, yeah, I'll catch up with you at the end of the season? Or, you know, I, I don't know how it all works out with, with that. Depends on what their philosophy is at, yeah. in Jacksonville or elsewhere looking for a coach. Yeah, it's it's uh, it'll be interesting. We'll hear more of that from other teams also as the season goes on. Uh, last night's game was no classic. I think we can all agree on that. Miami beats New Orleans 20-3, to got a pick six early, and then just kind of coasted off yeah. that the rest of the way. Eight sacks, eight of Ian Book making his first start for the New Orleans Saints. The Dolphins become the first team ever to lose seven in a row and win seven in a row in the same season. And for their seven-game winning streak from one to seven to eight to seven, they are now in the seventh and final playoff position in the AFC. However, they travel to play the Titans, and they've got the Patriots to conclude the season. So I ask you a couple questions. One, do you think the Dolphins can get there? And two, if they do, if they were to win the last two games and get a playoff berth, is Brian Flores your coach of the year? No. No on the last one. No on Brian Flores being coach of the year. Wow. Um, we will uh, it's messed up, man. We'll discuss the odds later in the show, yeah. but I'll tell you, Gil, they jumped from, I looked at this last night just because wanted to check that out, saw one book 35 to 1, and dropped all the way down to 19 to 1 this afternoon. Yeah, I mean, look, it's from, you take numbers, right? I mean, like, it was, because it, it was over 100 to 1, you know, it was, it was over 100 to 1 on this guy or whatever, but I mean, you, you look through and who this team has beat is, Look, it's it's a joke. They're they're going to get exposed this week. It, they're coming back down to earth this week. Um, a team that I don't even like, I imagine, could could give them a, a, a nice little beat down in the Titans. So I, I'm no, he's not going to get coached. Here are the quarter, here are the quarterbacks they've beaten. They sh- they flashed this up on the screen during the game last night. Quarterbacks they've beaten in their seven game win streak: Terod Taylor, Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco, Cam Newton, Mike Glennon, Zach Wilson, Ian Book. Yeah, so there you go. Look, every now and then we get one exactly right and we got that one last night exactly right the Miami Dolphins blitzed Ian Book (laughs) nearly every time that he dropped back to pass he had no clue what to do and was just completely lost the whole time like so it's one of those deals where you you look in that in even though Miami's defense isn't one of the just greatest defenses in the league by any stretch it's a very bad defense for you to draw your first start against because they are going to just bring pressure at you over and over and over and over and over again. And if you're not used to that in the NFL and, and, you know, there's some of these guys that have over the course of being in the NFL, have gotten really good at when they get blitzed. They, it's, it almost has become easy to them because they know, okay, well, I'm just going to throw right back at, at where this blitz is coming from. And all that. that was not the case with Ian book last night. He was running around all kinds of crazy and just taking, you know, awful, awful sacks and everything left and right. And so, it was, uh, you know, every now and then we get one really, really right. We got one really, really right last night. Sure did.
and the playoff picture so much in flux this weekend week 17 in the nfl titans can clinch the division the afc south with a win uh the Bengals can do the same in the afc north of course they have to host the chiefs chiefs lose titans win titans become the number one seed uh in the afc obviously the colts can clinch a playoff berth so much the bills as well with their uh playoff berth on the line so much in the afc and in the nfc Five teams that we had earmarked two and a half months ago as getting playoff spots. They've all clinched. Talk about Buccaneers, Cardinals, Rams, Cowboys, and Packers. Still a scrum for the final two with right now the Niners and Eagles being in the sixth and seventh spots respectively. We'll talk about all things from this past week in the NFL. And moving forward, Adam Burke joins us next, though. Talk NFL and college football next. VEASAN's primetime action. with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. We have a new prop tracker now available on VSIN.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to VSIN.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at VSIN.com slash NFL. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, uh, just getting word that NFL legend John Madden has passed away. Uh, John Madden dying unexpectedly this morning at the age of 85. They had just uh, put out the all Madden doc on Christmas Day. And uh, John Madden, dead at the age of 85, known first of all as a uh, Super Bowl winning head coach, won Super Bowl 14 with the Oakland Raiders, defeating the Minnesota Vikings. Highest win percentage of any coach who had coached at least 100 games in the National Football League and then known to future generations uh, for different reasons and perhaps even bigger than his success as a coach. One, for being a Hall of Fame announcer with Pat Summerall in the booth at CBS for so many years, most prominently. Um, and then as the really the face of video games, football video games, uh, kids just referring to it simply as, do you play Madden or not? So John Madden, uh, passing away at the age of 85, known by many multiple generations for different reasons, a legend in the sport. Yeah, so. and like you said, he, I mean, he will he will live on forever, even through generations that didn't get to see him call games or have, even really know where where he originated as, as far as being a, a legendary coach because of, like you mentioned, because of the video game. I mean, he, he, will, he will live on in perpetuity. Let's bring in Adam Burke to talk some football, NFL, and college football. You can find him on Twitter at Skating Tripods, sports uh, sports betting analyst for the network. Also, of course, uh, writes for Point Spread Weekly. How you doing, Adam? I'm doing well, Gil. And once again, sending my best to you and your family. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate your your tweet was super kind today, and it really touched me. Thank you so much. Um, I, I know that you don't have a play on this game tonight, but just for those wondering about the Minnesota-West Virginia game, your general thoughts on that later on. Yeah, you know, the bowl season provides so many different wrinkles, so many different things that you could possibly use as a betting angle. And one of them that's really interesting tonight is actually Kirk Siaraka, who's now the new offensive coordinator at Minnesota, was on the West Virginia coaching staff this year. So obviously that's a guy that knows this Mountaineers program inside and out can probably give some insight to P.J. Flack and the coaching staff about what West Virginia wants to do tonight. Uh, key opt-out for West Virginia, Letty Brown, their 1,000-yard rusher. He's out for this game. Their second-leading rusher was actually their backup quarterback. So West Virginia probably not going to create too many explosive plays in this game. 
I don't really expect Minnesota to create a lot of explosive plays either. They run the football a very significant percentage of the time. So kind of lean under in this game tonight, but I don't really have a strong play on the side on just that slight lean on the total. As we head into tomorrow, we know that we do have, you know, we keep getting updates. We're crossing our fingers that games continue to, to, to happen. As of right now, we do have some games uh, tomorrow on the slate. One that kind of stands out, uh, Clemson and Iowa State, where Clemson just a two-and-a-half-point favorite there. Of course, from by Clemson standards, not the greatest of seasons for them, but did kind of come on towards the end of the season. How do you uh, How do you see that one? Yeah, you know, I think this is a really tricky handicap because, look, you've got an Iowa State team that's very physical, certainly the most physical team in the Big 12. They can kind of match up a little bit with Clemson in the trenches, and that Tigers offense very limited throughout the season, as we know. The problem with betting on Clemson in this game is that the right hand and the left hand man for Dabo Sweeney, both gone. Brent Venables winds up taking the job at Oklahoma, also loses his offensive coordinator, Tony Elliott. So, for Dabo, who spent a lot of time complaining about NIL deals and players getting paid and all of that, now he doesn't have his two coordinators that have been with him. And, of course, he lost Jeff Scott, the offensive coordinator, a few years ago to South Florida. A lot of turnover and transition for this Clemson program. So I really worry about them in this game. I couldn't lay the two and a half. Didn't really like them at one and a half either. Once again, another one for me where I'd lean towards the under in this game where I just don't see a lot of explosive plays from either team, especially with Iowa State not having their star running back in Brees Hall. Yeah, three games scheduled for tomorrow. If you in case you're scoring at home, five bowl games have been outright canceled thus far. Uh, thus far, the fifth being today's Holiday Bowl between UCLA and NC State. UCLA could not uh, field the team today. Two others have had substitutions: uh, Central Michigan in for Miami versus Wazoo on New Year's Eve day, and also uh, Rutgers in for Texas A&M versus Wake on the 31st as well. Uh, we do have three games tomorrow, as Matt said. Let's hope they get played. What about Oklahoma and Oregon tomorrow? What is your thought on that one? Yeah, this is a, another tricky one because it seems like we've got some COVID and possibly some availability issues going on with Oregon. They've had players in the transfer portal. They've got a lot of guys injured as well. And this is a line that we've seen go up with that news. Oklahoma, I believe even touching seven at one point. Now this line kind of sitting in that six range. Uh, obviously, Oklahoma seems a little bit more engaged with Bob Stoops stepping in. He kind of rallied the program a little bit when Lincoln Riley took the job at USC. So for me, it's Oklahoma or nothing in this game. I think Caleb Williams has the chance to shine in this one. I don't know how invested Oregon is with so many players out. And then, of course, with the coaching change of their own. So I think it's Oklahoma or bust in this game. And, and I think this is one where maybe we get a live betting opportunity once we see if Oregon is actually engaged or not. People waking up in the morning can play Maryland and Virginia Tech. Just what they want, two six and six teams. That's what you want for bowl season. Uh, first thing in the morning, two six and six teams going at it. Uh, Gil and Kelly's uh, Heisman winner, obviously in this one. In, the, in this one as well for Maryland for what for all of thirty six <laughs> right. hours. That's yes. Right. Yes. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, just for for all of thirty six hours. Is he done? He didn't win. It? <laughs> he didn't win. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah did, what about Emory Jones? He did, did, didn't didn't win. <laughs> In that one, uh, Maryland, a short favor, about a little over a little over field goal here, a total of 54 and a half. Yeah, this is one that I do like, and, and this sort of sets up like the quick lane bowl that we just saw between Western Michigan and Nevada. For Virginia Tech, coaching staff change, Justin Fuente gets let go. J.C. Price will be the interim, who's actually going to stay on new head coach Brent Price's staff. But Braxton Burmeister, the quarterback for Virginia Tech in the transfer portal, he won't start this game. The guy who will start, Connor Blumrick, actually a pretty decent running threat, but only 7 of 16 passing for 42 yards during the regular season. 
Maryland has not won a bowl game since 2010. So I think they're actually happy to be here. I think they're excited to be here. I don't think Virginia Tech is. You know, I think this kind of sets up like that quick lane bowl, as I said, where Nevada just didn't look invested. The backup quarterback didn't look any good. I think it's Maryland here minus the three and a half, and, and they could win this game comfortably. All right, Adam, we're going to go kamikaze here and go two days from now and hope that games get played. Let's go to Thursday morning, 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Pacific, North Carolina out of the ACC, South Carolina out of the SEC, both teams six and six, nine and a half in favor of the Tar Heels. Yeah, this is a pretty big number. I actually like the under in this game, and I kind of lean a little bit towards the South Carolina side. But the reason why I like the under here, Jason Brown, who actually started throughout most of November for South Carolina, he's he went into the transfer portal, so he's gone. It'll be Zeb Nolan, who started the season as a graduate assistant for the Gamecocks, kind of wound up saving their season at various points. The players love him. He's just not that great of a quarterback. Completion percentage in the 56% range. Zaquandre Wright, or White, excuse me, their star running back. 6.6 yards per carry. He opts out to prepare for the draft. So South Carolina very limited on offense. But defensively, I think we get a big effort from them here. And also, too, they're 31st in yards per pass attempt allowed in college football this year. Sam Howell's not had the season that we really expected for the Tar Heels. I think this is a low-scoring game. I think both teams play hard. This is a recruiting battleground game as well. So I think this one is probably pretty close and pretty low-scoring throughout. So like the under more than South Carolina, but I kind of lean with the Gamecocks as well. And real quickly, South Carolina gets Spencer Rattler. They get two four-star freshmen at quarterback in this year's class. Keep an eye on that Gamecocks season win total for next year because I think they could be much, much improved. Right down the road from us on Thursday, Wisconsin, Arizona, sitting right now, Wisconsin, about a six-point favorite in that one. Um, again, this one is, as of right now, definitely going to be a go. What do you uh, What do you say in this one? I think you like a, a side here. Yeah, I like Wisconsin in this one, and I know that there's some COVID concerns for the Badgers, so keep an eye out for that. I know this line was seven primarily throughout the bull betting period here. Did come down to five and a half or six based on that news couple of things for me the first is Arizona State not they probably weren't going to be able to run the football in this game anyway but Rashad White their top running back he opted out to prepare for the draft the backup actually transferred to Ohio State where I think he's going to play on defense next year so that's kind of interesting for them wasn't impressed with Jaden Daniels throughout the course of the season Wisconsin's physicality is something that Arizona State does not see in the Pac-12 except for when they play Utah and Utah had 5.8 yards per carry against them so I actually like Wisconsin laying the number here in this one laying that six assuming of course this game gets played and we don't find out any more negative news about Wisconsin on the COVID front Adam let's hope they all get played man well, you and I uh will we'll all figure it out together as the uh, as events warrant and hopefully events do not warrant if you know what i mean thank you so much man and thanks again absolutely guys have a good night adam burke everybody at skating tripods writes for point spread weekly by the way does great work at point spread weekly and the greatest baseball season previews ever in the history of mankind the uh, the newsletter stuff is is fantastic again it's free by the way newsletters are free oh, the, Bur- oh. the burke's blurbs yeah he's Sign made up. that next level also it's free also free canadian free canadian yes yeah. no not you don't even have to worry about it no. if you're up, if you're up north Uh, When we come back, we're going to look at the AFC North. Why? Because there's two teams separating from the uh, the top from the bottom, and the team at the bottom, there's a scenario where they can still win this division two games back with two games left, and it's not that unrealistic. We'll talk about those odds and more next, right here on VEASAN's Primetime Action from the South Point. 
You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Back on primetime action right here from the South Point Hotel Casino. Gil, Matt, and Kelly sign up for a play card, debit, MasterCard. Get paid faster than a paper check with direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard.com today to apply. Subject to card activation and ID verification. Terms and costs apply. Card issued by MetaBank NA. Member FDIC. Move money in minutes. Move money in minutes. That's what that's all about. <laughs> that's what it says. Yeah. Right there on the screen. We're moving Get a card. Money. Yeah. Get a card. Uh, Move money in I minutes. I can also read. Beginning of the second quarter. At the Liberty Bowl, Texas Tech up on Mississippi State 10 to nothing, but Mississippi State driving and inside the red zone trying to uh, get on the board. We'll keep an eye on that one. I feel like I heard a lot of people on Mississippi State tonight. Oh, yeah. A lot of people playing the Mike Leach against his former team angle and that it was an ugly ending and that if given the chance, Mike Leach will run up the score. Okay. Mike Leach should probably get out of the 10-point deficit first, though. Nothing from us tonight, right? No no best for anybody out there, right? No. No. Not in a day. No. I had a great betting vacation. Didn't look at a point spread for like four days. It's great sometimes to be able to do that. The game last night was fun because it just went exactly (laughs) right. And and kept going that way. Touchdown, Mississippi State, 10 to 6. So we had that at least. Yeah, we and, had that. And that was one of those where if you're on the if you if you handicap that properly, there was no point, virtually no point in that game, where there was was even a threat where it would go the other oh, way. Oh, not at all. Yeah, not at all. And even if you got the the closing, I mean, I, I was sitting here, you know, last night, and I said, you know, uh, yeah, okay, I was fortunate enough to be sitting at the computer when the news came through about the Ian Book stuff, but. I had the plus three. If I had not had the plus three, if I was living in an alternate universe and plopped down yesterday afternoon and could only make the minus three bet on the Dolphins, I would have done that. I mean, like, it was it was just a, an incredibly terrible situation for Ian Book to step in. And so, and that had all, of course, we had the, uh, we had the people, Gil, who want to let me know that how can you recommend minus three when it was plus three three days ago? And it's like, well, yeah, but. You know, here's the thing is you can't go back in time and bet the plus three. And so there are people who are who are looking to bet the game today. And if they're looking to bet the game today, I would still bet the minus three. You know, like and, and so the thing about that plus three argument, usually when you hear that argument, it's someone screaming at you for, well, the line was better before, and so you're just wrong for doing it later. This was clearly a different quarterback yes. right, yeah, that it's an made entire, that line. So it's it, not even an argument. It might, right. It might as well be an entirely different game Correct. you're talking about, right? Did I mean, really, really kill is. you for that? Uh, well, no, there were there were the there were the few who who were saying that it was how, how could you recommend that when the line moved six points? It like, makes no sense. Well, because it's a it's yeah. a different, it's exactly. a different game. Talk, how much is that CLV? How you, how much are you able to get off Amazon? Yeah, yeah I mean seriously, I mean all these CLV <laughs> gift cards that I'm, you know, I'm buying all these gift cards with CLV that I've gotten this this football season. So that's uh, that's worked out great. But yeah, I mean, look, it was it, last night this Saints team. I mean, it's it's been it's just more of the same, right? I mean, with, ever since Jameis went down, they've had pretty much no offense at all. They can't run the ball because there's no passing threat, and so these teams know that they can sit there and basically just play heavy in the box and guard these receivers for the Saints that aren't very talented. And and not only the Saints, the receiver's not very talented, the quarterbacks throwing them the ball aren't very talented either. So you're not all that worried about playing one-on-one with these receivers because you're not really worried at all about these guys beating you all that much. And so it's just been tough, tough sledding for this Saints team. And it's, you know, look, they're going to have to make some some major moves 
in the offseason and try to figure out some stuff. I mean, listen, they had to do all kinds of gymnastics to get to where they were this season because of their, their kind of the cap hell that they're in. But they've got to figure out the quarterback position pretty, pretty desperately because I think they found out yesterday. I understand one start. But Ian Book, no one was really jumping up and down to draft Ian Book as it no. was anyway. Everyone thought he was going to be undrafted. And when the Saints took him in the fourth, everybody was like, what are they doing? Like, why did they take this guy in the fourth? This guy wasn't even supposed to be drafted. Or even if he was, it was, you know, sixth, seventh round, something like that. And so, I mean, they got a really good defense. And they're going to get Michael Thomas back next year. And you still have Alvin Kamara. And you've got all that. But, it, it, you know, we keep seeing this. I mean, you don't have a quarterback. You cannot win in this league. I mean, this Ravens team, when they've had to throw, you know, they have to throw out backup quarterback. It doesn't matter. Like, you, you look at these other you look at these other teams right here, the Steelers. I mean, like, it's Ben Roethlisberger with his, you know, his – dust arm and then and then the Browns running out you know three different guys over the course of the season it's just been it's hell if you don't have a good quarterback you can't win in this league dust arm dust arm Ugh. yes yeah all right let's take a look at AFC North standings and odds two games separate the Bengals at nine and six from the Browns at the bottom at seven and eight Ravens at eight and seven Steelers at seven seven and one in between Bengals to win the division, and they obviously control their own destiny with the best record now at this point, minus 225 to win the AFC North. Now, the Bengals' remaining schedule is actually, I'm seeing something uh, wrong here in the second screen, but their, their remaining schedule is home Kansas City this week, huge game for both teams, as a matter of fact, and then they are at Cleveland. The Ravens, uh, they finish their season with games against the Steelers and the Rams, and so in the case of the Ravens, uh, they could still win out, but they would need help, obviously, to win this division still. So Ravens do not control their own destiny. But here's the interesting part at the bottom here. I love the, the Browns playing the Browns and, and yeah. this week. is going to be interesting. I would like to so they're gonna scrimmage each other. Well, you can't lose Didn't that hit game. air. Nobody saw it. Can't lose that <laughs> game. <laughs> no, they play at Pittsburgh air. and then home against the Bengals. <laughs> I like to just blow up, even though people can't see. Like I like to pull the curtain completely back into where on the graphic, the Browns are playing the Browns this week. And so that's going to be interesting. Yeah, so Ravens close with the home games against the Rams and, and the Steelers, but they they obviously need help even if they win both of those. So the Browns, the Browns two closing games, and this is what I want to get into with the Browns because this is unbelievable. As you see this, two games back, two games to go, and two teams in between them and the Bengals, and you think to yourself, well, the Browns have got to be toast, right? Why are they the second short shot behind the Bengals? Well, here, here is the uh, here is the reason for that. So the Browns, first of all, they got to take care of business, right? They win their last two games. Uh, the Browns do so against the Steelers this coming Monday night and the Bengals at home. So they take care of two of those teams in front of them with their two wins. In addition to that, and here's where when you go through this, it sounds awfully realistic. Um, at the Steelers, for again, for them, and then home against the Bengals. Okay, winnable, winnable. The Browns. Um, then would need first place Cincinnati to lose out both of their games. And remember, they've got Kansas City and Cleveland, right? Cleveland takes care of them in week 18 in that scenario. And losing to Kansas City, not outlandish at all, right? They're underdogs to begin with. Then they would need second place Baltimore to lose one of their two remaining games. That's also reasonable given that the Ravens host the Rams in week 17 and host the Steelers in week 18. Certainly could lose to the Rams this week. And fourth, they would just need Pittsburgh to lose once, which we already covered. They're playing the Browns this week. That's not crazy. 
Would you bet the five to one? I would not. <laughs> okay. At all. Would you bet it if it were eight to one? Mm, it would need to be. How about seven to it one? Would need and to... if you didn't have it in your pocket already. Yes. Because we all if you have, didn't have bets, it in your right? pocket. What would you yeah, do? Yeah, that's what I was saying. I would not because I don't. <laughs> I have a better number than any number that could possibly come up. So I, I would not. But for a human being landing on this now. But a human being landing on it now, I still wouldn't bet the five to one just because I think Cincinnati's a, a superior team to the Browns at this point. But, and, and that's not really the, the fault of the Browns, right? I mean, they're just, they're, they're just completely just beat up, right? I mean, there's. Quarterback play is subpar. Defense is uh, is banged up, and of course that receiving core is just not any good, really. I mean, you got Jarvis Landry, who's an awesome possession receiver, but outside of that, there's really, really nothing there. So yeah, I, I mean, I I I wouldn't, but I mean, the numbers the number is juicier maybe than it should be. I, I will say this for a team that is two games back in this division. With two games in between the team, they're, they're two games behind, with only two weeks left, for only four events to have to happen for them to win the division is actually remarkable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I wouldn't bet the Ra- Ravens. I mean, I, I think the Ravens get dusted by the Rams this week. I mean, that secondary, if you just saw, if you saw, and now I understand you don't have as many weapons as Joe Burrow has to attack this team as, as, um, this Raven secondary, but you got enough between Cooper Cup and Odell and and you know everybody else and, and Van Jefferson and stuff like that. Like it's going to be this. It's going to be a lot of the same. It's not going to be five twenty five or anything like that. But it's going to be much of the same. The Rams are going to move the ball at ease against this Raven secondary. So I think that it's a uh, that's one of the one. I only got three bets in my account, and that's that's one of the ones I took the Rams at three against the Ravens. What are the other two this week? I took the Chiefs at four against uh, the Bengals. Okay, so that's one of the other Brown things that needs to yeah. happen. And then I took the oh, I took like I said, I took the uh, the Colts when it fell to a point and a half this yeah. this morning. Well, so two of yours are the two things the Browns don't control: mm-hmm. one uh, one uh, Ravens loss and one Bengals loss. So essentially, from your handicap, the Browns would just have to win out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't see it happening, but yes. I because then I think because then I think they lose man. in week eighteen, which is why that week eighteen game will likely be you know they'll probably flex that but to then, like. But then you don't, don't you bet the five to one because you think they're going to beat the Steelers, don't you? Maybe, sort of. Yeah, perhaps they should. I mean, three point favorites they should. Yeah, like five to one. You should like that number then. then yeah, that's like what that. I said. The numbers, the numbers, juicy. I just don't think it's going to happen. But that doesn't mean that the ju- the number is not juicy. If it does happen, it'd be pretty neat so, because. Boy, that those tickets that I thought were dead were pretty incredible. Yeah. Pretty incredible, that whole thing. We'll come back. Drew Dinsick, Whale Capper, joins us. Talk NBA and NFL next. Looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Save 50% off a VEASAN all-access subscription for the rest of football season with our big game special. Get access to our in-depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting splits, showing you where the money is going on every game. Sign up today. You also get our daily best bet emails, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video, plus our all-new college bowl betting guide covering every bowl game, at least the ones that are being played, for only $39 at VEASAN.com. That's 50 even Canadian today. Even. 50 even. Are you prepared to talk about what you just mentioned to me off air? Which is? That there was a wager we made that is now. Oh, yeah. That's 
Did you look? Did you see? No, I didn't. The, the number. Yeah, it's, it's, it's much it, less now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Th- down to 350. Okay, so we could talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So what we're. Because <laughs> I went into. Because I, I was trickling in. You know, like I was. We were being careful. I was trickling yes. in. Yeah. And I went to go trickle in last night. I trickled the other, you know, like three days ago, four days ago before this weekend happened. And I still got the same price we got. Yeah, By I way, went to we trickle should, last night. We should probably tell everybody. The trickle what we're was over. About. It had been it, the tap had been, had been two been. people talking in gambling code, and nobody has. <laughs> Drew right, should bring yeah. Drew in for this because Drew Dinsick is a big tennis guy. So uh, we made Australian Open futures bets on Sasha Zverev when Zverev was plus six fifty. And we'll bring in Drew Densick, who's going to talk NBA and NFL with us tonight. But whale underscore capper, which no, was way off market for every off. other book around. Domin- yeah. Dominic Team announces his withdrawal today from the Australian Open, and we still do not know about Novak Djokovic. I don't think we do. Drew Dinsick is here. What do you say, Drew? I've got some pretty... Uh, I took a bunch of tickets on both Medvedev and Zverev uh, just on the lark that, that, that Djokovic wasn't going to go. Yeah. Um, even if... You know, because there were a couple, there were basically, there are three outcomes. They they let Djokovic play with no hassle. They make, they let Djokovic play with lots of hassle or they don't let him play at all. And those later two scenarios, uh, to me, he's a, he's a, he's a character that really relies on routine and, uh, you know, and has a very specific sort of way of, of going about uh, preparing for tournaments. And uh, the, just the disruption alone might be, it was enough to kind of get me onto some other players here. 650 is great number for Sasha Zverev. Um, he's play. He played exceptional tennis to end the season last year. Uh, his he, his number one uh, issue was his you know double faulting on serve in tight moments uh, plagued him throughout his uh, quest to really kind of reach it you know make something at the Grand Slam level. Um, and to a degree, he solved that in the last year. And uh, you know, I have always thought of Zverev as more of a player I like backing in a tournament where they are playing every day, best of three, because he has that sort of um, you know ability to. To withstand the uh, the rigors of playing day after day after day, with the day of rest in between, I feel like that gives some of the other players a little bit of uh, an advantage over him in the best of five format. He also tends to lengthen these, you know, his matches longer than he needs to. Um, but uh, he's playing with a little bit more. Um, with a little sharper focus, a little more cutthroat sort of intensity, uh, and I think if you got him at 650, those were great numbers. We're pretty pumped about it. And this was your first three minutes of tennis in Oakland. <laughs> that felt good. It's a it's a it's a three it's a three man tournament. Yes, the, the Australian Open is three men. It's Djokovic, Medvedev, and Zverev. Anyone else, uh, you know, team I would have listened to. Some people make cases for him. I'm glad he pulled out. I think he should really absolutely you know, have his sights set on being fully fit for the uh, clay swing. Maybe he comes back for Indeed Wells or something like that. Um, But uh, there's really no one else with the pedigree or the uh, quality at this point. Yeah, we also don't don't know if he's going. Yeah, Yeah. we don't know if he's going at all either. Uh, I doubt he plays. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's crescendo to football. Let's start with any basketball picks tonight. You have one? Yeah, so we talked about the uh, Cavs-Pels over this morning and I got smashed on that one by news that uh, caught me right after, <laughs> right after we were live. Uh, and it was a double whammy because both um, uh, Evan Mobley, who is tremendously important defensively for the Cavs was ruled in. And uh, at the same time, Darius Garland was put on the COVID list. So double whammy for me, that one, I'm probably going to end up taking a loss there. I got the worst of that number by a long shot. I wouldn't 
really run to the window and get involved now. Maybe I, I hope for, I'm hoping now for a hot start and maybe I can get a, a live under uh, a little bit better than my pre flop price. Um, but the side that I think is still very uh, worthwhile is the uh, Denver Nuggets. They're taking on the, the Golden State Warriors tonight. Uh, the Warriors are going to be without Draymond Green. He obviously matters a ton. He's currently obviously you know, leading the market right now for defense and player of the year. Very dynamic defender as well in terms of the, you know, the number, you know, what you can do with him from an assignment standpoint. And they're going to need that tonight because they're taking on the, uh, you know, the uh, reigning MVP and a guy who has honestly taken his game up a step this season, even in the absence of uh, role players around him. Uh, Nikola Jokic is playing supremely good center right now. Uh, he's got he's improved his defensive, uh, you know, his side of the ball as well. Um, and so without, uh, without Draymond green, without Jordan pool, um, I think this is a nice spot for Denver to potentially even get the upset, but certainly stay within the, uh, the current number, which I'm looking at now you have up as eight, uh, eight is a, a very advantage price there. I would have made this one a five point game. Drew, uh, let's head to the NFL now, and one total you have in the account here, Broncos and chargers, uh, 45 is the number, you, a couple of books, um, looks like you're getting the better of the number there. It's ticked up to 45 and a half um, at a couple of the books out there. Are you assuming here um, that this is still going to be Drew Locke on the Broncos side of things? I am uh, where it's the, the whole news today with the, you know, with the NFL policy around player availability has it's been tough to digest and really figure out what's going on. It seems like we're on an honor system now, basically. Um, if then realistically, I'm basically gauging every team is going to be at full strength, but now you have to go back and figure out who was dealing with real injuries as opposed to, uh, you know, dealing with the uh, illness. So um, drew lock, I would expect goes, I doubt we see Teddy Bridgewater the rest of this year. I know the Broncos have very fleeting playoff hopes, but uh, I think it's probably more important for them to evaluate exactly what they have in drew lock. Cause they still have him on a cost control deal. They may want him to be a backup next year. Uh, see what he can do performance wise. And this is a decent matchup really for the Denver offense. They've always played the chargers tough uh, and they match up well against them because the chargers run fits are very poor. Um, they have very difficult time stopping the run on a good day. And then Denver runs the ball extremely well. Great scheme. Offensive line is strong. Uh, and then on the flip side, chargers have to out- unload the clip in this one. I think you're going to see a pretty aggressive approach. Um, their wide receiver core getting healthy now. Uh, Justin Herbert, obviously outside of a handful of mistakes in that Houston game has been playing near an MVP level this season. So uh, I think you're going to see some fireworks in this one. I would have put this total at 47, uh, 47, obviously a key number in the NFL. So the fact any, any number on the unders, uh, on, you know, to the South of 47, I think is still worth a bet uh, to the over in LA. All right. And the Titans have some COVID issues. You're always braced early in the week for where that could lead, but right now confined to who it's confined to Julio Jones, but Dupree on that list. Uh, you like the dolphins plus three and a hook. Yeah, I do. And this is a good matchup really for the dolphins every which way. Uh, again, I'm kind of expecting that uh, most of the Titans will eventually come back um, considering the new rules. Uh, so this is all more, much more about what can you do as the dolphins to take away AJ Brown because the Tennessee Titans offense goes as far as AJ Brown will carry them. Uh, and Xavier Howard is a really nice matchup for AJ Brown, both in terms of size and strength and kind of being able to go one-on-one and let the rest of the defense do their jobs. Uh, the pass rush for the dolphins has been unbelievably strong these last handful of weeks. Some of their younger players are getting coached up to the point where they're giving you top level contributions, not what was expected particularly 
considering their slow start to the season. Um, and I think this is going to be a, a very close contest. Uh, Tennessee is not good enough, in my opinion, to warrant this big of a favorite status over any team in the NFL. That's not uh, in sort of the dregs, of, you know, who has given up on the season and the dolphins clearly have not given up on the season. Um, there are a lot of uh, decent matchups for the dolphins offense in this one as well. Uh, Titans don't really manifest much of a pass rush to is getting it done with sort of the short game in you know short passing game and his uh, weapons really starting to develop some solid chemistry with Waddle and company. So um, I think the Dolphins actually win this one outright. But if you're going to give me three and a hook, uh, that is a very fair number by my by my estimation. Drew, one other one uh, quickly here because we've only got about 90 seconds. But the the game that I think everyone is going to be taking a look at uh, the Chiefs and the Bengals this week, of course, huge, huge game for both of these teams. Chiefs want to hold on to the one seed. Bengals, of course, could, could go ahead and basically lock up everything with a win. You know, I thought I went ahead and played the Chiefs. I thought the number, the opening number at four, was a little bit short. But um, you know, how do you how do you see this one playing out? Right, right now, I would go uh, Bengals. I think the market has moved in favor of the Chiefs because of player availability concerns, and I think those uh, will be mitigated as we go through the week. And this comes back down to four, maybe even three and a half. Um, Bengals with their kind of plethora of wide receivers here going up against Kansas city defense that has really gotten, you know, they've gotten a lot of credit and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of praise in of late going up against, uh, you know, some, some quarterbacks who are prone to making mistakes and some quarterbacks who you can solve. And Steve Spagnuolo is an amazing defensive coordinator, but I'm not exactly how you sure you saw how, how you solve. Uh, their three wide receiver, three headed monster for this, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals offense. So Bengals can go for score for score team with the ball last ones. I'm with him. I'm with you, Drew. Drew. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, best of luck tonight, guys. Drew Dinsick, whale underscore capper, deep dive and bet the edge podcast teaser Tuesday next and look at NFL coach of the year.